Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Atlanta Hawks are moving on from Nate McMillan. The Big 12 has been on fire as college basketball nears its crescendo. And after pick 10, the NFL prospects in this upcoming NFL draft have something about their game that needs work. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. No NBA action with the All-Star break, but there's always NBA action. The Atlanta Hawks sitting at 8th in the Eastern Conference at 29 and 30 are parting ways with head coach Nate McMillan. Joining me now from Locked On Hawks, Brad Rowland and, and Brad this is a team that made a major move in the offseason to get DeJounte Murray. It has not paid off the way that we thought it might coming into the season, or at least the way some thought it might. And there were issues between Coach McMillan and the team's best player, Trey Young, whether it was personal, whether it was on the court, off the court, whether it was all of those things. So how did we get to this point where this is happening, all-star game, and there's only 20-some games left in this in the season? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything, to be honest. You mentioned him and Trey Young weren't necessarily on the same page. That can get overblown a little bit. I don't think that's the reason why he's not here anymore in Atlanta. But I think the combination of that and an offense that had staggered this year was not quite the same performance level. Um, Kind of an old school tendency. I don't mean that in the most negative possible way, but not necessarily the most innovative offense trying to integrate these two star point guards together. And then really just the results. I mean, as you well know, the first thing that goes in the NBA for not performing a lot of the time is the head coach. And while this, he actually benefited from this situation with Lloyd Pierce when Nate McMillan took over midseason a, a few years ago. But really, the Hawks are underachieving. And anytime a team is underachieving and they've already pushed their chips in, like you noted with DeJounte Murray, the next thing that's very logical is to move on from the coach. And I think, I think no, no one's really surprised that this has happened. It's just more of the timing and the fact that we are, you know, three quarters of the way through the season basically at this stage and that the Hawks have to break in another, another coaching staff. How much closer do you think this makes them to entertaining a potential Trey Young trade, something that has been whispered about for much of this season, given not just the disagreements, both public and private, between Nate McMillan and Trey Young, but also because this team seems to be bumping up against its ceiling. I understand they went to the Eastern Conference Finals just a few years ago. Part of that was a Ben Simmons meltdown <laughs> and, and a unique set of circumstances. But it seems like, to me anyway, that we're, we're, we are closer now than we were three weeks ago. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to say because I've never really gotten the feeling from local, you know, buzz and reporting that it really was ever really on the table. It's like one of those things that I've still have the mind, and this could change that Trey Young will only be traded if he wants to be traded. We're still mm-hmm. in that part where like stars who generally get out if they want to get out. We're we're not quite to that point yet. And you know, if you want to do the math a little bit, you could even argue that perhaps this strengthens Trey's resolve in Atlanta because I don't think that Nate was his favorite person in the world. I don't think it was necessarily this this dire relationship, but a, a coaching change could help things, especially if Trey's in the mix. And one of the questions that I have actually in the, in the coming weeks and months is what where the Hawks are going to have Trey at the table when they're considering their next head coach. Does he get intel? Does, does he get to be involved in the process like, like a lot of stars would be able to? And if he is, 
that's probably a good sign that the Hawks are treating it as if he's going to be here for a long time and he's the face of the franchise. And if he's not, then maybe that's creates some more friction. But for now, I would say if anything, in my, in my mind, this might actually even strengthen his trade's position in Atlanta because the, the next guy won't have that, um, that built-in tension that they may have had behind the scenes. Yeah, I would think if if you're committed to Trey Young, you would want him in those meetings because what you want to do is maximize Trey Young. And so if you're looking at potential candidates with the understanding that, you know, it could be internal. Jock Vaughn just got a contract extension after being the interim head coach. He is going to be the actual full-time head coach in Brooklyn. Uh, who is um, a coach or a few coaches who you think could make sense here and could find that right balance, Trey Young, DeJounte, DeJounte Murray, and and the the other young pieces on this team, I do think they, I think the Hawks are probably going to look to go outside the organization. Last time around, they hired from within. Nate McMillan got really hot when he took over, and I think this time around, Joe Prunty, while he's an, he's, a, he's a respected assistant coach, doesn't have the same gravitas that Nate McMillan did. I think that he would have to take some crazy run down the stretch here to to keep this job. And I think, you know, looking at the candidates that have, been, that have been reported and also just, you know, intel behind the scenes, I think Quinn Snyder has to top the list yeah. for the Hawks. Number one, he's available right now. He's not coaching anywhere. Number two, he's a former Hawks assistant. He's got he's got ties to the Hawks. And most importantly, he's a proven, you know, top 10 coach in the league. He's a very, very good head coach. And if he's ready to go again, and honestly, I think that the Hawks would be a pretty optimized situation for him. Stay up to date all year on the Atlanta Hawks by following Locked On Sports today and Locked On Hawks on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Big 12 is on fire as college basketball gets set to take center stage in the sports world. Before we get into why that is, the Ravens' new offensive coordinator is unbothered by uncertainty surrounding Lamar Jackson. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Or you can look at the Dallas Stars, who are massive favorites to beat the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. FanDuel has the Stars, get this, minus 480 on the money line. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Baltimore Ravens had a press conference to introduce new offensive coordinator Todd Monken with uncertainty surrounding the return of franchise quarterback Lamar Jackson. That was one of the first thing on everyone's mind. Monken is not concerned. I'm sure he'll be behind, but um, it's still just football. I mean, I think sometimes we make this up to be way too much, you know. I mean, it's just football. It's been playing, I don't know, when he started, maybe five years old with the Purple Pounders or something in Miami or something. I mean, it's just football. Like, we'll cater to what he knows and play. On a day we see one NBA coach get shown the door, another just getting started. The Brooklyn Nets have extended Coach Jacques Vaughn's contract through the 2026-2027 season. The interim tag, gone, just like... Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. The Nets announced the new deal on Tuesday. Brooklyn has the NBA's fifth best record at 32 and 19 since Vaughn took over for Steve Nash on November 1st, as they sit in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Vaughn has shown himself to be the stabilizing leader the franchise has wanted in a coach, and now 
he gets a long-term commitment to carry the Nets through the post KD and Kyrie era in Brooklyn. A stunning accusation on a potential future NBA star. According to Tuscaloosa Police, Alabama freshman basketball standout Brandon Miller brought a teammate, the handgun, that was used to kill a woman last month. Detective Brandon Culpepper testified Tuesday that Miller brought Darius Miles' gun to him on the night of the fatal shooting of 23-year-old Jamia Janae Harris after Miles texted him and asked him to do so. Miller has not been charged with a crime, and Crimson Tide head coach Nate Oates said in a news conference later Tuesday that the program has been aware of Miller's alleged link to the case. The case will be sent to a grand jury. On the college hardwood, the Tennessee Volunteers got all they could handle at Texas A&M on Tuesday. Well, Tennessee Falls 68-63 in College Station to Texas A&M. I'm your host of Locked On Balls, Eric Kane, and uh, just another tough one. I mean, it's, it's getting it's getting pretty brutal right now for Tennessee. Uh, once was number two in the nation at one point in time. Now you're staring at a nine and seven conference record. Uh, it's not great for Tennessee. Um, you know, in this game, San Diego Vescovi, uh, obviously not 100% out there. And just what an effort for him. You know, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. I mean, he gave his all for Tennessee here tonight. 14 points for Zakai Ziegler. Ziegler had a chance to shoot there towards the end of tie it up. And I thought it was uh, a kind of a poor shot selection. Also had a timeout. Uh, to use at that point in time. And so uh, another tough one, another rough one for Tennessee on the road uh, at College Station, Texas A&M, continuing to play really well in conference play. And Tennessee's got to find a way out of this now. Two games left in the regular season, and three games left in the regular season. Got to figure out a way to try to sneak back in there and be a top four seed for the SEC tournament. So a rough, rough night for Tennessee. It's been a rough month for Tennessee basketball. And... Tuesday night was no different. 68-63, the final score. We'll talk about it next on Locked On Balls. And the Edmonton Oilers hosted the Philadelphia Flyers. The Oilers snap a four-game losing streak as they mount not one, but two comebacks against the Philadelphia Flyers. Hi, my name is Brad Holden from Locked On Oilers, and despite going down 1-0 and 2-1 against the Flyers at Rogers Place, the Oilers come back to win this one 4-2. And it couldn't have been done without their superstars in Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, as on the same goal, Leon Dreisaitl gets his 700th point in the NHL, and Connor McDavid also getting his 800th goal but not to be mistaken as Ryan Nugent Hopkins also getting his career high 70th point on the game tying goal from Leon Dreisaitl on the power play and it was Connor McDavid who would run away with it scoring the game winning goal and the insurance goal with the empty netter. Connor McDavid now has 104 points on the year. Here is another story you need to know. On a wild night of college basketball and what has been a wild season of college basketball on the men's side, the Big 12 took center stage on Tuesday night. First, it was Kansas State, the 14th ranked team in the nation, knocking off number nine Baylor 75-65 behind a 44-point second half. And then Texas, number eight Texas they beat down number 23, Iowa State, 72-54. to 54. To help me make sense of all of this, Isaac Shade from Locked On College Basketball joins me now. And, and Isaac, 
This is a conference that boasts some of the best teams in basketball, Kansas, um, Texas, and Baylor all felt like teams that had legitimate claims that they could go win the national title this season. Maybe we need to add Kansas State to this mix. I don't know. There might be 30 teams that we need to add to this mix. How do you make sense of what's going on in the Big 12 right now? Well, help me with the math, Peter. Can we fit six teams into the final four? Because all <laughs> six of these Big 12, the top six in the Big 12 legitimately, I think, could get there. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you look uh, down the, the conference standings right now, and you've got TCU sitting at seven and eight, who just got Mike Miles back healthy, and they're a legitimate. Uh, they have a losing conference record and they could make the final four that that is the measure of this conference from top to bottom legitimately any team can beat any team on any given night and we, we got a great example of it again on Tuesday night after Monday Kansas had staked a claim as like we're going to take the conference lead and then those four teams you just talked about are two through five heading into Tuesday night and they're like, hold my beer, see if you can follow us up, the Jayhawks <laughs> did. And uh, Baylor could not do it, while Texas, as you said, certainly held their own. Um, is is it Texas right now that has the best chance to unseat Kansas? Well, first of all, I'm not in on – I'm uh, Alabama truther right now, mm. uh, despite what happened on Tuesday. Uh, but th that's my number one team. But for me, yes, Texas is – uh, probably the best chance. I think Baylor is playing better than Texas overall right now, despite losing two in a row, but they've just got Jonathan Chamua Chachua back and he's playing well. So I, I love this Baylor team despite their last two games. However, no one's catching Kansas. They are going to win the big 12 regular season. When we look at the remaining schedules for these two teams, Kansas and Texas, Kansas gets West Virginia at home, Texas tech at home, and then goes on the road to Texas while the Longhorns have to go to Baylor, to TCU, where Max Duggan's sitting courtside in a tuxedo last night. You're not beating them in that scenario. <laughs> and then they get Kansas at home. And so legitimately, although these teams are tied right now with just three games left, the Jayhawks could win this thing by two games. This is one of the most topsy-turvy seasons of the last few years. Is this something you think we might be seeing more as we get things like name and likeness, maybe guys stay in college basketball a little bit more. Like what is, what is contributing to this? And is this something that you think is here to stay in college basketball? Well, yeah. I mean, you spoke of Marquette. They just got a massive win on Tuesday night at Creighton, who yep. I thought was going to win the big East after getting Ryan Kalkbrenner back healthy, but man, massive job by Shaka smarts team. Yeah. Peter, I think this is here to stay. We've talked about it before, but mm -hmm. I think the combination of, here's this confluence of events between name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal. All of that right. coming out of COVID where right now we still have another year's worth of players who can use a COVID year. And all of that for me combines to give us the biggest level of unpredictability we've ever had because it's almost because of the free agency nature of it now. It's so much more difficult to project a top 25. And so we see teams who we think might be elevated. You talked about the Tar Heels. We all know what's going on there. Preseason number one on the outside looking in right now. And then we have teams like, let's go back to K-State, who you asked about. Boy, this team was projected. They are so tough. Dead last in the Big 12 preseason, Peter. And now their remaining schedule, they could legitimately win out and finish 12 and six in the best conference in America as the team projected dead last preseason. And so I think it's here to stay and I'm here for it.
Stay up to date all year on college basketball by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the pickings get slim in the NFL draft past about the 10th overall pick. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you have to try a Built Bar. I'm potty training my toddler right now. And that may seem like too much information, but it also means that I'm not getting a chance to do much for myself because I'm eagle eye focused on him so that he doesn't make a mess of my house. Well, that means finding time to eat here or there. And that means trying to find something that is not only tasty because I'm a little stressed out, but also fuel for my body. Built Bars have been my safety net because... 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein in a delicious package. 100% real chocolate with churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond flavors. I've been rocking the coconut puff, the brownie batter puff flavors. Those are my go-tos. Find your go-to. You go to Built.com and they'll send you some. Or you can just go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box today. You can thank me later. It doesn't matter what position you're looking for. This draft class, not what you call deep. So it's not the class to find top-end talent at the end of the first round or really even in the middle of the first round as Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson discussed on Peacock and Williamson's first mock draft. That brings me to the next pick is I have the Titans taking Peter Skoronsky, who I think is the best blocker in this draft, but he is lucky to be 6'4". He has short arms. I just took him here because the Titans could use a guard or a tackle. He'll just be mm-hmm. a starter somewhere. But most teams won't look at him and say, he's not he's not tall enough to ride the ride at left tackle for us. I mean, it, there's a lot of outliers in this draft, yeah. including Bryce Young, you know? Yeah, and, and it's kind of to your point of maybe it's not the you know the best draft class. I don't love it. Because yeah. of some of those reasons, because you can poke a lot more holes in a lot of guys than you can a lot of years, even though there's a lot of really good prospects too. Yeah. Houston Texans are back on the clock with their second selection in round one at number 12. This goes back to what we were just saying, too. Like, I have some questions about this draft. I have Jordan Addison going here just because I think a receiver would be a great pairing with a young quarterback. Cooks could be on a different team. But Addison would not be the first receiver off the board almost any other year I can remember, and it wouldn't shock me if he's in the mid-20s. Like, there's no stud receiver in this class that I see. Yeah, it's a a tough year for offensive tackle and wide receiver, and every Mm -hmm. single team needs an offensive tackle and a wide receiver. So you got to believe they might start to get artificially pushed up and there's not a lot on the free agent market either. So there might be, you know, trades for veterans on other teams as well. Um, That's number 13. I haven't taken Brian Branch, who's a do it all defensive back. I think he's got a high ceiling and a high floor. I'm sure Robert Salah would love that. New England Patriots to pick 14. You've got Paris Johnson, offensive tackle from Ohio State. He's the most prototypical of the left tackles, but he was only done at one year. Um, the Patriots have win hitting free agency, so maybe they go that way. Green Bay Packers picking at number 15. I haven't taken Brian Breezy, who's a five-star recruit out of Clemson. Combine's going to be huge for him. Defensive tackle, defensive tackle class past Carter is really questionable. Um, but he has medical issues, so some people are not even, don't even have him go in the first round because of medicals. And, and I've seen him go as high as the third defensive lineman yeah. off the board after Anderson and Carter, too. Yeah, I kind of split the difference, just stuck them in the middle of the first round. Middle of the first round. Uh, and look at this. We're at pick 16 here. And you got the 
Pittsburgh Steelers next at 17. And you got a couple of offensive linemen here. You got guard Osiris Torrance out of Florida going to the Washington Commanders. And you got Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So through the first half of the first round, defensive linemen, quarterbacks, offensive linemen. Yeah, and Torrance to me is a clear guard only, but they want to run the ball. He's a masher. Jones is a lot more um, like the Ohio State dude. Johnson is a prototypical left tackle that has some um, technique stuff to work on. And here's the tight end run that's going to begin. At yeah, there's a lot of tight ends. It's yeah. a really good tight end class, and it starts with the Detroit Lions at pick 18 and Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. Yeah, and they traded Hawkinson. Mayer's very similar. It just seemed like a logical move. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19. They go a lot of directions. They have a lot of needs. I think they're trying to get young, but Todd Bowles always has a lot of uh, stress on his corner. So I have them taking Joey Porter Jr., who is always mocked to my Steelers because Joey Porter Sr. was a Steeler. Yes, I like it. I love it. (laughs) And that's what the Steelers do. uh, I watched, so last draft, the 49ers in the sixth round selected Tariq Castro Fields out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to go back and watch some more of Treat Castro Fields. I put on the Penn State tape, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Yeah. And then after about five minutes, I realized I was watching the other corner, Joey Porter. <laughs> okay, they didn't get that guy, and, right. uh, and he looks pretty darn good. Get all the NFL draft information you need by following Locked On Sports today, Peacock and Williamson, and Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, the rematch of the Champions League final was quite a ride yesterday. Real Madrid fell behind 2-0 to Liverpool in the first 30 minutes. It looked like Liverpool would get its revenge. Not so fast. Madrid scored five goals over the final 60 minutes to embarrass Liverpool. Madrid is staying focused, though. Just ask Karim Benzema. The Madrid forward scored twice in the game, but only had this to say afterward. Many things can happen in football. We are on the right path, but we will need another great game in Madrid. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who will be the team hoisting the NBA championship at the end of the season? We look into the crystal ball. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.